Hello, and welcome to the King Heroes Journey podcast. My name is Beth Martins. I have the great pleasure of being here with Shay Ritchie. He's the owner of Shay's Cafe here in Winnipeg. And uh, he's one of the few restaurants that I've been able to go to because uh, he's decided that he is not closing his doors to the um, untouchables. <laughs> and uh, so we'll just wait a few minutes. We're, we're coming on kind of spontaneous. I wasn't sure if this is uh, really going to be happening today. So we're just letting you know I'm going to uh, start Rockfin up, Shay. So give me just a minute to, to do that. And we'll see if it's, yep, it's going to go live on Rockfin. So we've got some people over there already. And uh, so I've uh, I've called you the brave Winnipeg restaurant owner, and I I didn't remember I heard I've heard you talk about it that you had a um, a number of uh, of tickets already, and oh there you go you're just getting yourself set up, okay all right <laughs> that's good, and so here we are and Coleman welcome uh, <laughs> nice to see you what's up Doc. Uh, so we'll just dive right in. I don't have any pre-information at all, so we're just going to um, just wing it as as we go. And thank you, Shay, for joining me today. It's really great to have you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. My pleasure as well. You must have your hands very full. <sighs> yeah, you have no idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I have a little idea. <laughs> I have a little idea. <laughs> But uh, I know, like even even probably in normal times, running a restaurant, I imagine is is pretty wild because you don't know from day to day how your life is going to look and you know who's going to come in your door and that kind of thing. Is is that true? Um, yeah, for the most part. Can you hear me right now? Yes, I can. It switched from my headset though. Crazy. Um, yeah the the restaurant world is is crazy on its own but there's, there's always things we can do to, to to mitigate it i guess but um yeah i i'm i'm in a i'm in a weird place right now doing uh, a, a lot making a lot of changes and i'm, I'm kind of shifting my focus from running a restaurant on a day-to-day -day basis to um <clears throat> to i guess my next transitional point here where i'm i'm looking at helping people navigate the situation, dealing with the the politics, dealing with the, uh, you know, the financial aspects of things as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. And so what was it uh, that moment when you decided when, you know, the, the orders and the restrictions came down and they were telling everybody that, uh, you know, if, if you're a restaurant, you have to demand that you're, um your customers prove their status and, and what by the way we'll, we'll uh, we didn't have a chance to talk before but uh we'll just kind of use buzzwords for all of the the normal stuff just to preserve in case it, uh, this was to be uh you know what i've got feedback do you have um that headset to put on you know what it's it's not it, someone called and it switched off my headset so oh, i'm not okay. sure Okay, so I'll, I'll mute you. Not, how about I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll just mute you if you want to set that back up, and then I'll just talk for a few minutes so we can avoid the feedback. So I'll just yeah. uh, just let me know when you're ready to go. Just wave at me. Alrighty. So uh, personally, I'm actually a really big fan of Shay's restaurant because I love good food and uh, beautiful atmosphere. And it had almost been two years since I'd sat in a restaurant. No, that's not true. Actually, there were there was a, a little bit of this and that in different places. 
And uh, there's there's a few other restaurants in Winnipeg. I never know whether to completely shout out to them because it's uh, you know it might bring some risk to them. But uh, I'm sure I'm sure uh, she will tell you. I did host the the owner of one of the owners of Monstrosity Burger here, and they are getting crushed. Is the last news that I heard. So it's pretty insane. You know, tickets and uh, adversarial. Uh, letters and and then an order to actually shut down. I don't know what exactly um, the details are there, but do you, uh, Shay, are you ready to go now? Yeah, if you can hear me, it's it's back on. I figured out the setting to use. Okay, <clears throat> fantastic. That's great. Sorry about that. Okay, not a worries. Yeah, yeah. No, I just uh, I know know that feedback is hard to think around. And uh, so, do you want to let us know? You know that moment where you you saw the restrictions coming down. And you you knew what the orders were. You likely knew the risk, or you you probably understood there was some kind of risk <clears throat> in going against them. But what was it that inspired you to do that in the first place? If you're just joining us, by the way, Shay Ritchie is the owner of Shay's Cafe here in Winnipeg. One of uh, a small handful of brave entrepreneurs who are were willing to open their doors, even to have a sign outside welcoming the unjabbed. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it that inspired you to do that and take the risk of it? Uh, that's a great question. And just with what you were talking about before, I want to also give a quick shout out to uh, Monstrosity Burger. They they are amazing people. And I think that they, they deserve our support. So don't forget about them. You know, just because they made a stand doesn't mean that they aren't still standing uh, up for other people. So they, like they, they need the support of the community. They can't just stay in business, not, uh, you know, receiving your support. So uh, I think they would like to be reopened as soon as possible. But in the meantime, they are they are uh, open for takeout. So order as much takeout from them as possible. Send send burgers to other people who are friends as uh, a thank you gift and like just do what you can to support them. Uh, everybody who's who's standing up, you know, needs needs help because that's the whole problem is that we're, we're kind of on our own here. But back to your question. Um, I've never been a person who uh, disregards rules or, or, or doesn't care about rules. And I, I want to point out that we were fined several times last year while we were compliant. And I have a letter from Manitoba Health actually acknowledging that one of the tickets we received was based on a rule that did not exist. So the authority, you know, who kind of all these tickets come from are Manitoba Health and a liquor inspector wrote a ticket in error, not understanding or knowing the rules. And I, I even have him recorded saying that he didn't even know what the rules were and didn't know which rule we were breaking, breaking but he was told to go and give us a ticket. And so that's what he found to give us a ticket for. So we worked actually, like I, I'm, I'm a freedom of speech advocate. So I, I'm very outspoken and I didn't think that what we were doing last year made sense. And I think that I've been proven right now unequivocally, but whether I was right or wrong, I still have a, a right and a duty to, to speak up for you know, injustices. And when, when we're in a pandemic situation and the government's not doing anything to protect the people who are at highest risk and instead is devoting tons of resources towards telling healthy people to stay home, I think it was uh, a valid point for me to point that out. And that's what put me under fire last year is it wasn't anything heroic. It was kind of just more stupid is people saying, how dare you disagree with policy? It's like, well, since when do I have to go along with every policy? Now, it doesn't mean I was 
blatantly disregarding the rules because you know what if the government had a, a plan then i think that we should all and i even went on the news and said that i said that I, i'm not saying that we should disregard what the government's saying but i think we need the government to start changing what they're doing because it doesn't make sense what they're doing so mm -hmm. that out of the way i'm i wasn't even breaking the rules this year i just said to people i said if, if you if self-identity is a form of proof and it is a valid form of proof that doesn't um it isn't open to to question if a person self-identifies as being immune or vaccinated because there is a lot of controversy over who actually is immune there's a lot of people well you know just just in case that gets you censored, uh, we'll just go jabbed or some kind of like weird acronym, make us sound like uh, little kids for, for, for those words, the buzz, the buzzwords, just, you know, cause it's highly censored. That'll okay. like, could save me a strike <sighs> and be able to okay. stay on. I'm um, sorry. Sorry. You have to do this. Cause we're on, we're on well, one okay. uncensored platform. If we, if we get off, you know, if we get kicked off YouTube okay. and we're still on Rockfin, it's not, uh, not the end of the world, but no, no, I'll, 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 I'll do my best here. So okay, thanks. as, as a matter of fact, the rule at the time was that uh, you had to be um, vaccinated, double jab. Um, and so I wasn't disregarding the rule. I was observing the rule. And I, I, I sent an email to Manitoba Health. Uh, I've actually sent multiple emails and multiple times to them, the Liquor Commission, everyone who was a part of enforcement, several people at both the agencies. And I asked them for clarification. And I said, does a person's self-identity qualify and count as a valid form of proof. So <clears throat> I, I waited for a response. Uh, I'm, I'm in fact still waiting for a response. I've never received a response. And I've had several people from several organizations, both LGCA and Manitoba Health, who've acknowledged uh, in, in a documented conversation that I had a valid point and that they you know, we're going to find out more information. They said, you know, this is, you, you bring up a really good point, um, which is one of the quotes from the liquor inspector. He said, you, you, you know, he, in his own personal view, he said, society has been hijacked and he said all these extreme things. And he just said, you have a, uh, a right, you know, to ask those questions. Those are valid questions and I'm going to get you answers to them. And uh, the answer did come uh, the next day in the form of $20,000 in fines. So, Everyone that I've spoken to said, yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, you know, like we can't demand proof of your gender for you to use a bathroom or to use any other service. So why are we yeah. going to demand a form of proof in this situation? As I said, I, I'm very concerned that these rules, the way they're written, if I interpret them in a different way, I could be breaking a law. Uh, it could be a criminal law, a discriminatory law. So I said, if I interpret it in the way that it's written by the way some people are interpreting it, that could, you know, be, be a violation. And I don't want to be breaking one law in order to follow this mandate or whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. yeah, they, they had nothing to say uh, against what I was doing. And instead, mm -hmm. they, 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 they are clear that they're just using a form of intimidation. So $20,000 mm -hmm. in fines the very next day. Mm -hmm. And I even had a, a, a supervisor type of person from Manitoba Health call me. And, and she was like almost in tears saying that if she put anything into writing, she would be fired. So she just said, you need to just follow the rules and, and comply. So. <clears throat> wow. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, that's also documented. Right. Right. Insane. I'm so sorry you've had to go through this and thank you for standing up. I uh, I also want to stand up for a couple of people in the chat right now and I'm, I'm right there with them. Uh, you know, 
just to just to go back to some basics that even if they could prove that this boogeyman existed which they can't because we've gone to great lengths to research i have uh, in my possession i have more than 80 freedom of information request responses that say no it has actually never been isolated they cannot prove it exists, right? So, so even even calling it, uh, you know, anything other than a scamdemic is is to me completely inaccurate, and it, by their own standards, by their own tests, ninety nine point nine seven people are surviving it or were surviving it before the uh, the jabs showed up. So I, I just always feel like I need to be the voice for that because if we go into the future believing this narrative, then we're going to believe every narrative that comes down the pipe with the, uh, they can scamdemic us into infinity. It will never end if if uh, we hold on to the the mythology that that spread that has no basis, and we researched the crap out of this for five months for for lawful purposes for a lawful document. So I just always need to say that and be be the voice for that. But I know you as a as a business owner, you're caught between the worlds. If you start saying that to public health and and uh, you know Health Canada or whoever you are up, whomever you are up against then you're probably, uh, you know, seen to be in a different, maybe they'll call you a nut and stop having respect for you. But I think that we need to, uh, we need to go the distance and um, put an end to this. You can already see they are, they are planning the next uh, climate change weapons. It's been, it's been, you know, very bizarre, weird weather. Uh, I actually have, my girlfriend's boyfriend is stuck in a hotel in British Columbia. He was literally just driving through, and and uh, he got caught in the flood. His he had to abandon his car. He ended up in a hotel with no electricity ever since he's been there. He was drying his socks with a, a big lighter, as the last I heard last night. And uh, you know, so th this is coming down the pipe. There, uh, frankly, I think the whole thing has lost traction. Just seeing how quickly they're coming in with climate change. But anyway, that's my big speech on that. Uh, it doesn't take away from the bravery of what you're doing. And um, what was the number you shared with, with us? The number you had a meeting uh, last week that I attended, or was it the week before? Time's going really fast. That uh, like the the total dollar amount of of tickets that you've received so far, some outrageous amount. Uh, Forty five thousand. Forty five thousand. Yes, and. It, it, it's it's they're kind of meaningless to me because I've I've actually requested the disclosure from the the crown on uh, all of the tickets, and one ticket went to court, and everything else I have not even received a disclosure to. They actually won't even tell me like, and this is really the tragedy of this. Well, one of the one of the many, but uh, as a professional organization, Manitoba Health couldn't be more of a joke. Because if somebody is doing something to endanger the lives of people, how can you refuse to tell them what they're doing? Like if this was an actual real problem, like if I was doing something that was putting the public at risk, like if we were not storing food at a safe temperature, if there was unsanitary conditions, they would tell you immediately and you have to correct it immediately. Like it's not a thing like it's optional or well, we'll you'll, you'll just see it in court. And we have several tickets, like I said now, and they have not even given me a disclosure. In fact, I've, I've received disclosure for two tickets. They set a court date for one and they just ignored the other one. Uh, it was kind of a joke already. Uh, more of a joke, I would say, than, than some of the other ones. 
we were told by a police officer that he gave us a ticket because he saw people dancing, even though there was no rule that mentioned dancing, dance floors, or anything to that. Uh, while at the same time you can go to a Jets game and sit next to people, he decided he was going to make up a rule here. And then uh, the other ones from Manitoba Health directly, they haven't told. When I in the video I took of them giving me the tickets, they actually said we don't have to tell you what the reason for the ticket is. And I still haven't been uh, responded to in writing. So, <clears throat> I if there is something wrong, and and I'm not saying that I didn't do anything wrong because I don't even know what it is. So I, I can't. I can't even defend myself. I don't even know what they're saying I did, mm -hmm. um, whether or not it was even legitimate or illegitimate or whatever. But the fact that they won't tell me is in itself Ill illegitimate. I love your point, Shay, that, that they're saying, oh, see you in court or here's the fine. Uh, because if you were truly doing something that endangered the population, it would be like cease and desist this second. Don't don't take one more step and or let one more person into your establishment because there is danger there. And it's not it's not true. We live in a world that, you know, it's it's really there's nothing actually illegal. If you're willing to pay the fine, to pay the price, to do the time or whatever it is, you can do it, right? They're not really stopping you. They're just charging you in, in our system of commerce. That's how, you know, and they get paid double every time you have to join her with them and go to court or you got a lawyer or all of that kind of stuff. They're getting paid up the yin yang. Now there's actually a, a big new push and I'm sorry to be um, negative about anything, especially people enthusiastic about fighting the system, but there's there's a lot of propaganda. I'm, I'm in a position now having run the Choose Freedom Law Summit and I run the Manitoba Lawful Action Group, which you should totally come and, and uh, guess sometime and, and speak as well. Uh, that, um, you know, the, um, that, if basically, when it comes down to it, you're not actually, you know, there's nothing to do with morals. There's nothing to do with any uh, right or wrong that it, to me, is the basis of all lawful matter whatsoever. Like, let's look at right and wrong. Was there anybody harmed? Is there anything actually wrong going on here? Is there injury? Is there threat? Is there loss? Is there tort of any kind? And, uh, and, and this is what we're dealing with. There's no proof of harm. There's no, you can't, you can't go and give somebody a ticket because they might uh, get in an accident and cause damage that day. That is it, right. That's it's not like that. But for this thing, it's just been a big mind wipe. People uh, can't think their way through to the other side. So yeah, again, just sorry you're going through that. And um, you know, have you had particular altercations? How how has has your own audience been along the way? Do, do you find them supportive of what you're doing, or have you had to fight both sides, Manitoba Health and or Public Health and your customers? Or are they all on board with you? I'll, I'll put it this way: <laughs> my stance is not good for business. It's it's not winning me uh, any any favors. It makes it harder for. I'd say that my, my overall uh, sentiment about the society here is that whether you don't stand up or you go along with it, it's all really the same. At the end of the day, it, it doesn't make a difference. If you want to, if you want to have human rights, we can't uh, defer that responsibility to somebody else. That's something that we all have to take, you know, control over. And yeah. so, if we want human rights for ourselves and for other people, we have to always make a, a an active stance towards it. 
historically, if you look throughout all of the history books, his, like people were always enslaved by one group or another. And that's the general theme. And if you want to have a free society, you have to, you have to stand up. So I found that last year it was worse because when we had uh, the, the bad press about us at uh, the other location, which was, if you actually look at it, people said that we were breaking the rules. And if you look at the official rules, we weren't breaking any of them. We were allowed full capacity. We were allowed groups up to 30. And then people took a picture of, of people on our patio at full capacity. And it was like, yeah, we were at full capacity. We're, we're following the rules. And if the government doesn't think full capacity is the right number, then they should change it. But don't blame us for following what the government said, right? We followed all of the other limitations. So there shouldn't have been a problem with that. Mm -hmm. But um, this year, people are more supportive, but like the, the support doesn't, it, it's not enough to sustain a business. I, I would say, you know, 80% roughly of, you know, the total amount of people who've been, uh, been taking dancing lessons, uh, they, uh, they are not wanting to, to get in trouble. They're not wanting to, um, uh, I guess, you know, I, 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 I feel like it goes hand in hand is that the compliance also goes with silence. And so they, they don't, have the same militant attitude towards everything because they're not under fire. It's hard to explain to somebody the, the type of human rights violations that are going on if their rights haven't been changed at all. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a weird divide. And so mm -hmm. if you want to support people who are standing up for, for human rights, then you have to, you have to you know, be active about it. But I, I don't know. At the end of the day, the, the market here is dwindling. I, it really isn't a place for... for um, a business that isn't planning to be compliant 100% of the time. It, it, the market is, everyone is getting crushed mm -hmm, right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. I'm so sorry to hear that. That's, that's insane. Um, I want to come for dinner tonight, by the way. <laughs> so I'll see if you have awesome. a, yeah, well, yeah. I'll come it and was, say hi when you're here. It was my birthday yesterday and I actually fantasized about your lemon cake last night. I'm like, darn it. I should have got that cake somehow. So uh, it's not too late. I think I'll bring my kid for tonight. Yeah. Beautiful food. If you haven't been and you're in the Winnipeg area or Manitoba, uh, you, you know, just, just the aesthetic alone. It's, it's a very lovely place, very, um, you know, excellent food, gourmet prepared, uh, not over the top expensive by any means. I love your your fix option where you can go and uh, you get several courses. So you get to taste a whole bunch of different kinds of foods and add on with a great steak. I had the best steak ever there. It was so good. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we had a we had a whole uh, group of people there for Thanksgiving, which was you know I felt totally honored because I could come in just be myself. I didn't have to muzzle my face. I didn't need a, 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 a weird concoction in my body, and uh, we we're just treated nicely and kindly. And you know, actually, I was at Superstore the other day. I haven't been there for two years because I heard actually a friend of mine was was uh, practically attacked and assaulted by by a cop early early on in the days when things were like really they'd almost knock you down and and treat you like a uh, you were murdering somebody in the early days so I've avoided it completely and I I finally went in there I heard it was not bad not a single person bothered me the only person who reached out was a supporter someone who said like hey is that Beth Martins I love your work to 100% behind you so that was amazing when I got to the checkout I started crying that's how that's how moving it was for me to to just be treated 
like uh, uh, the living woman that I am and and have no problem right like that you're you're begging for people's kindness which I, I not really begging at all just just in the receiving of it it was so moving and i'm curious you know there's so much stress in in uh what you're up to right now in in trying to survive this i know even being an entrepreneur is stressful you take a lot of responsibility under normal circumstances and uh somebody's asking if you have vegan dishes by the way i think you do the risotto no maybe the, not the risotto or no okay. the entire menu the entire, the entire menu yeah so mm. we do we do family style dining and you can mm -hmm. order a la carte, but because we do family style, uh, we have a, an option for you to sample the entire menu. Mm -hmm. And we can do the entire menu vegan or gluten-free, like by default, for our, di our dinner and our brunch. So there you, you can come here and get everything on the menu made in a vegan version. Yeah, it's fantastic. Right on. That's it was, really it was always a priority. Okay, fantastic. Good for you. That's that's really good. And so I was just going to ask you, given given the stress that that you're going through, how do you how do you manage and, and handle that? How, how do you come up with your courage to continue standing even though you've been uh, beaten like crazy? Well, I'll have to let you in on a little secret here. I'm not actually stressed. That's good. Um, there there have been interesting challenges that have presented themselves this year. But for me, I, I think that we feel stress when, we're, when our body is trying to get our attention. I don't think that uh, any type of feeling that we go through is negative on its own. I think it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to listen to our body. It's the same thing as being hungry, right? You can also enjoy the feeling of being hungry just like you can enjoy the feeling of being satiated. It's, it's just a matter of perspective, right? And if you if you if you if you look at the whole experience as 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 living life, then everything is actually beneficial. So I'm not. I'll tell you right now. I was under a lot more stress before I had made a decision to leave Canada. But now that I'm feeling like you know what, it's this isn't this isn't the country that I want to be a part of. I don't really. I don't really see any unfolding of events that would lead to Canada, uh, you know, being, being corrected anytime soon. For me, I think that we're on a sinking Titanic and it's only a matter of time. And the longer we sit around waiting for somebody else to come and save us, I think that we're only making things worse. So I, I think that the, the government has a clear agenda. They want 100% vaccination. And I think that the people of Canada want that as well. I think that if there was a vote uh, to go out for that, I think that we would probably get a majority of people in that favor. So I, unless you think the last election was rigged, right? Trudeau won again, and Trudeau has a very clear stance. So, and then the other thing is, even if you voted for the other parties, they were still kind of voting for the same stance. So whether you voted for conservatives or, or, or NDP, you were pretty much all voting for the, the vaccine mandates. So at the end of the day, what do I like? I, I don't think there's inherently anything wrong with people wanting something. It's the end of the day, it's my choice to stay or to go. And I don't want to uh, create a victim out of myself for, you know, to saying, you know what, I don't really go along with this whole idea of forcing people into things. At the end of the day, if we're, 
It's like the old saying, give unto Caesar what Caesar's. If you don't like it, then don't use Caesar's coin, right? Don't don't participate in that that type of a system. And if there was a majority of people here who were being terrorized, I would say, well, yeah, this is this is wrong. This is not what the people want. If you believe in democracy, then you can't tell other people that they are wrong and that they have to do what you want. At the end of the day, you know, I think it's time for for people who don't like the system to 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 leave because otherwise if if getting what you want means that you have to force other people to take something they don't want that's really the the reverse of how you feel and it's not better it's just now you're reverse you're forcing protection on other people saying well communism is bad you shouldn't have it if people like communism then let them try it out let them let them learn what it's all about you know if that's how they feel and and maybe they'll change their mind once they're they're through it. So I'm I'm not I'm not convinced that things are getting better and changing. I I, I we listen to all the same stuff. I'm I'm sure I've heard everything that you've heard, not everything, but a good portion of it. I I don't I don't think like I feel like there's a lot of false hope being spread that if we just sit and wait, things will get better. Yeah. And I don't think that sitting and waiting is is really a, a game plan in a situation like this. I think the thing is that if you don't if you don't like being on the Titanic, I think you need to find a lifeboat. And if you just sit around complaining, you're probably going to endanger somebody else who's going to go looking for you. Because if you're sitting around in one of the bottom, you know, rooms, someone might die trying to save you, rather than you finding higher ground and trying to save other people. So mm, very wise. I take, I take a, 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 I'm trying to, to, to to be an observer, to get out of the situation and say, well, what's going on here? And I'll tell you right now, the, the second that I decided that, you know what, if I don't like the, the, the style of business here, and I honestly, it, it was very demoralizing for me last year to be told to open, to be told to close, open, close, open, close. And and it didn't it didn't make sense to me. And that, the, the, at the end of the day, it made me not want to do business. Mm -hmm. And I remember in the springtime, they allowed us to reopen. And I, I thought, you know what? They're probably just going to close us again. So I'm not going to waste the time and effort. And then sure enough, three weeks later, they slammed the door shut on everyone. And I, I looked back and thought, wow, I just dodged a bullet. I was rewarded for my pessimism. And I, mm. I it dawned on me that I don't want to be pessimistic. And I was like, I don't want to make the right call just because I think this is just another crap situation and nothing's going to work out. So I thought, you know what? If this isn't what I signed up for, and it isn't, like, uh, from a financial standpoint, from a financial standpoint, the government gave out lots of subsidies last year, and we were making, uh, at many times throughout the year, we were making more money from the subsidies than from running a restaurant. So, if anyone's wondering how Canada went along with this, it's because the government just gave us money to shut up. So if I'm going to make more money by not serving food to my community, most people would say, shut up and take the money. That's a great deal. But for me, it's not what I signed up for. I don't want to just sit here doing nothing and, and, and cashing checks because it's not, it's not just like, I understand economics here. Okay. So this is the first stage. What happens when now the money needs to be paid back? Do you think we're going to have the money to pay it back? Like if we were in, in a tough situation before with super high debt in Canada, what makes you think that we're in a better position now when we took tons, like hundreds of billions of dollars and told healthy people to stop working? So our productivity went down and our cash supply went up. It, it's it's just a, a recipe for disaster. So 
I'm, I'm looking at the situation, trying to be as objective as possible and also trying to be as emotionally aware as possible and say, you know what, if I don't love it here and this isn't really what drives me and makes me excited to wake up, maybe I need to, to, to move on. And mm -hmm. maybe I don't want to be in a society where the government just, you know, puts us all onto welfare and, and tells us, don't worry, we'll take care of you. And like, I know in the short term, it, 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 it really works out financially, but in the long term, it, it's devastating. So my, my, uh, my advice to everyone else is if, if you don't like it, then make a change. And you know what, if you want to stand up and fight then stand up and fight, but do, do it with a plan. I've, I've never heard a single plan from a single person who's standing up and fighting and trust me, I've talked to them all. I've never heard of a single plan that actually makes sense where there's a, a probability of success. So if you, if you're going to stand up and fight, then do it from a position of strength. And personally, I think that if you look at the path that we're on, it's very obvious that we're going to get to the point where the government wants a hundred percent vaccination. I don't think they're going to say, well, you know what, 85 is good enough and we'll just leave everyone alone. So, if you don't like that, then you need to figure out what to do. But I don't think that they're going to stop that. And if you agree that that is their plan, well, then let's consider what's the easiest way for the government to get their their, their needs met. If they need 100% vaccination, the easiest way for them to do it is to just do what they're doing to me on one further bigger step. So if they can tell a person who makes food, don't give it to hungry people if they're not vaccinated, if they're not, oh, great. I'll have to think of a different way of explaining that. <laughs> That's um, okay. That's all right. Like I said, we've got Rockfin up and I'm, I'm uh, recording this as well. So, so the, the whole point is that if they if they are imposing these rules on, uh, look, I'm just saying what the rules are. I'm not saying right or wrong. You can decide for yourself, right? I, I, I like taking a more um, uh, objective stance. If you... If you think that that's what they're doing and they can tell me to stop feeding hungry people, why can't they go to a bank, which is another business and say, stop serving these other people instead of going to a grocery store and every other business out there and trying to enforce the, the, the new rules and the QRs, well, why don't they just shut down your credit card? Then, then all the businesses, you know, are, are going to be following these new, these new layered rules. So if they want hundred percent compliance, it's easy. Like to me, when you're playing chess, you don't anticipate that your opponent is a, a dummy and then think that they're going to miss their obvious moves. You always give the benefit of the doubt. And if they miss their obvious move, then, then you'll have an advantage. So as far as I can tell, everybody who I've heard from is just underestimating what they're up against. If you don't like it, like, what are you going to do when they freeze your account? What are you going to do when they seize your house? What are you going to do when they, they, you know, come for your children? So. Because, like I said, just from a practical level, if you don't have access to your bank account, you don't have a job, or you just don't have any money, and and your house is now being foreclosed, or your your rent is being missed, like you aren't capable of raising children now, according to most standards. So the government could just say, okay, well, until you're able to, you're, we're going to take your children away from you. So I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just saying, if you're not following the rules, and those are the rules that are clearly coming down the line, like we'll look at the punishment that's going to happen. And for most people, uh, if you haven't been vaccinated, if you haven't been waxed by now, uh, you're probably not going to do it for any amount of benefit. Right. So if I offered you a million dollars, right, as crazy as that would seem to other people who did it for a donut or a sticker, right? 
there's no amount of benefit that's going to work. And, and I'm pretty sure that the government's smart enough to figure that out. So they're not going to offer you more benefits, which would only anger the people who signed up first. I think the punishments are coming. And I think that if you think it's bad now, wait till, <laughs> just wait. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get what you're saying, but uh, I was talking to somebody that I actually respect and, and that works for me. And I, I really value their, their work and their input and uh, and they said, oh, no, I'm definitely not going to get it uh, for 50 bucks or the 500 bucks or whatever it was that was being offered in Detroit at the time. Uh, she said, but if they offered me a million, I will. And I'm like, oh, wow. Right. So th- we, we're going to see this. What what is what is everybody's price? It, is there a line that they're willing to, uh, well, to go? It's past? easier than that, though. It's easier because remember. Even if you only have 50 grand in the bank, if I take your 50 grand away, what are you going to do? Now you're Wait, at zero. Anyway, exactly. Give you it's, a million and freeze your account. It's true. It's it, true. You don't even have to, I'm saying your people will sign up for their balance back so that their credit card works, so that they can buy food and groceries. It's not just about money. That's the point is yeah. they're not going to offer the money. I, I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong. I'm just saying probability. If I was running the show here and I wanted to get 100%, I would just freeze the bank accounts. And then everyone who wants their bank account to be open is just going to walk over and do it. I don't have to force them or promote it or anything else. I, I don't mm-hmm. have to give them any extra money. Mm-hmm. So at that point, the rest of society is going to cheer, right, for all the seized assets that they get to, you know, repatriate if they're going to not go along. And how are you going to fight back? You have no money. It's like a medieval siege. So you mm-hmm. you lose access to your, your bank account you lose your ability to interact in society. So what's, how are you going to now push back? You are at the most weakest position you can be in. So even if you do want to fight back in a medieval siege, people just start if they're, if they're cut off from supplies. So what do they do? Right? They don't fight back better. They eventually just put up the white flag and that's it. There's no fighting anymore. That's mm-hmm. the easiest way to win. Mm-hmm. So then exactly. what happens is they, the, your, your opponent just raises the white flag and says, okay, I give up. Then you just give them what they had back or, or a, a, a lesser amount or who knows. They don't mm-hmm. have to. It doesn't really matter. I'm just saying they're going to freeze your account. And for everyone who says, I'll never do it, they're completely wrong. Like mm-hmm. there, there are a few people who might never do it. But to say that there's nothing worth doing it, like I don't care what you believe. If you believe that it's pure poison, I would, I would volunteer to be shot in the head if it would save my child's life. Like that's that's an obvious thing. Like, what, what kind of a parent is going to say, "I won't take a vac a wax and uh, for any price"? It's like, well, what if they take your children away? Like, you, what's your point in life if you don't have children? <laughs> like, I'll tell you, I'd do anything for my child. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? Live my life without my child and know that it was me who had the opportunity to? Like, it's just an it's an unfair type of wager. Mm-hmm. It's leverage. That's the point. The, mm-hmm. the, the game right now is leverage. And just because you haven't been leveraged high enough doesn't mean that the, the leverage system is done. They're not done. I, I, if they want 100%, they can get it. It's just finding everyone's leverage. Or mm-hmm. let's say you actually do hold out. Okay, so what? You run away into the forest and live off the land and hope that you just get left alone? Like, I don't think the government really cares about you at that point. You're not going to do anything against them, uh, you know, when you're just fighting for survival every day. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I was going to just throw in, mm-hmm. I was just going to throw in how, uh, you know, they, they're, they're, it's like spaghetti, throwing spaghetti at the wall to see if it's, it, what's going to stick. And, uh, and it, often the first approach is, is gifting and rewarding. 
And then the second approach for those who uh, didn't fall for the, the reward and the gift are, are going to face the losses. Right. So you have the good cop and the bad cop. And uh, it, there's, you know, I, honestly, I could not believe it when the day that I drove by the, the billboard that said that said, uh, I think we're, we're we're cooked here already. So it said Vax to win. And uh, I'm like, oh, my God, we have reached this point where people are willing to go and do this. And they even broke their own laws, which is I mean, I shouldn't sound incredulous about that because it's happening every single day. But uh, they did a lottery for for people for uh, young people under eighteen who got a twenty five thousand dollars scholarship entered uh, to win one, and there was maybe I don't know twelve winners or something. And I, we it ended up part of our evidence package actually, and uh, you know so you're you're absolutely right when when they put the screws to you, and you're also right. I think you know when it comes down to that basic premise that Babylon is asking us to leave, and uh, and we need to find our own way. Right. We're intensely tied in with Babylon in every respect. Some people more than others. They have the car loan and they have the mortgage on their house and they've got a business loan that they're operating through. And, uh, you know, they have to support their elderly, elderly uh, parents and their children. And so they have to stay in that job that forces them to do things that are out of integrity. And, uh, you know, it requires great fortitude, great courage, great faith to walk forward. I know, I know that's what I'm facing. I know they're, they're going to leverage my child because I, on my own, if I was on my own, I, I, w- I will die for this. Right. If, if I, if they would, didn't impact anybody, but, uh, but me, I will, I will face my death. I will just say, okay, that's um, I, I did my job here. I came, I came here to stay in integrity, to stay in service in the ways that I can and it's between me and my creator at the end of the day. It's nothing to do with me and the government or, or you know, if I get what I want or have the life that I want. But you're absolutely right. They're going to come for what's most valuable. They have come for what's most valuable. They've already mandated that uh, that the kids can go and get jabbed without their parental consent or awareness. Now they're fighting for uh, with with health, not fighting. They don't have to fight with these guys. But Health Canada is about to approve the the, the six to eleven year olds. I don't know if probably not without consent. Five, I think. Okay, I, yeah. yeah. In like disgusting, regardless. And uh, so uh, we're going to have to really see what are we here to do. What what is the job? What is the project that we're working on? And as long as you think that surviving at all cost is the job and the and the and the project, you are lost. You are cooked because they're they're going to scare you with something that's important to you. Well, I think there are alternatives, and I think that um, for one, the world is not homogenous on this issue. Uh, I was in Mexico a few weeks ago, and uh, it was a totally different way of life out there. Like. My my, I have family in the states, and and the pandemic as it exists in Manitoba does not exist in other places the same way. I know there's there's political boundaries where where you need masks and where you don't need masks even. So the uh, the situation is not the same everywhere, and I hear a lot of people saying that that um, oh it's just the same everywhere else. It's like well you probably haven't looked if you're saying that, and I don't know what the value is to just make up you know type of you know catch-all statements like that 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 aren't real like if you're actually considering it then look into it look into every side of the the story look into every side of the coin here like look at your options um for me 
I want people to have, I want to preserve and maximize human freedoms and rights. So for me, my, my focus has now shifted from running a restaurant on a day to day to now trying to find a, a, a new way to conduct business. But like, it's just basically like a new project for me. Uh, my last restaurant project wasn't about making money. I was at the point where I could, you know, in a way, it was like a form of retirement. I didn't have to work for a paycheck. So I, I wanted to find something that was meaningful. And so the restaurant has kind of changed in that focus. It isn't meaningful the way it was because it, it just isn't serving my community anymore. It's being told different rules and different things. And, and it, it just, it, it took the fun out of it for me. And so my new focus is basically trying to help people understand that there is a, a way to be autonomous and there is a way to be outside of the, you know, to, to actually thrive outside of the system. And uh, it sounds crazy because it's a buzzword uh, in a lot of financial circles. I and mean, it's, it's probably the most understood thing in the, in the planet, but uh, I'm, I'm a huge proponent and advocate for Bitcoin. And it's not a, it's not a stock. It's not a get rich quick thing. To me, it's a, it's a, it's a different form of banking. It's a new banking system. And the way that gold used to be a, a hedge against inflation, Bitcoin is a hedge against central banking. So if you don't if you don't understand what central banking is, then you don't understand why things are happening right now. The way the world is being run makes perfect sense in every level if you understand central banking. Mm -hmm. Central banking is is a is a license to print money. It's literally that. You can a group of people can create money and then decide where they, 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 they spend it. And that has a tremendous amount of, of power and having people who are more controlled means that they have more power for longer and for more generations. So if, if you don't like central banking and you think that we should go back to like a gold standard, well, I've got news for you. Physical gold is dead. It will never be uh, the basis for money ever again because there's too many flaws with it. The biggest problem with gold, because there's a lot of different trust issues with gold, right? You have to trust who you buy it from, you have to trust who you store it with, you have to trust how you transport it. And when you travel, you have to trust that the, the borders are going to allow you to travel with your, your possessions. Well, with Bitcoin, it's a digital store of value different than an asset. It's not a digital asset to think of it as an asset, like a, a stack of wood or, or a, pile, a pile of bricks. It's not an asset. It's not the same type of thing. It's a new form of money and it solves all of the trust problems that we have with gold. You don't have to trust who you buy Bitcoin from because if it goes into your wallet, it's verified. It's there. You, unlike an ounce of gold, if I buy an ounce of gold from you, I won't even know if it's a real ounce of gold until I have it tested. And that's an expensive process that I wouldn't be able to do on my own. I would have to have someone else verify it. So you have to, you know, do all these things, but Bitcoin is faster. I can transport it. I can store it. I can do all these things effortlessly because of the way it's designed. And because by nature, it's a digital store of value instead of a analog store of value. Can I jump in with a question here? Uh, so I'm very familiar with the the world of crypto and uh, followed it more closely than I do now. It's uh, even even though I'm involved, but there's there's sort of like I'm just putting that over there, and I'm not even going to obsess or look about it, look look at it, so my nervous system doesn't uh, go up and down with it. And and this community is very divided, possibly down the middle. 
in in uh, being for and against it. And one one of the reasons against it, and I'm not taking you to task in any way, but I'm just curious what you would say about it is that, uh, you know, they want the cashless society. They want us all on a, a, da- a data digital kind of a thing uh, locked into something that is completely intangible. You know, you, you take away electricity, you don't have Bitcoin anymore. So that's, that's, that's actually not the case. That's the thing. Okay. For every single, and I can see the, the commentary from Pirate Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they want a cashless society. I agree with you. But that's, if you don't like Bitcoin, I promise you don't understand Bitcoin. Bitcoin is not just a cashless banking system. Bitcoin is a banking system that's also governmentless. So, But the, is it the, still? The, the, great things have changed. What do you Th- mean? Things have is shifted and changed. Well, uh, no, it's it, it's like Bitcoin has not changed in, in in ten years. It has virtually not changed. Not itself, like, but the but the regulation of it, right? That that's why they've created a number of privacy coins at this stage of the game because this is something that uh, it, at least through certain channels of, of uh, that I'm connected with. I, I, again, I can't verify anything, so I can't certainly argue. Yeah, let's talk about it. But uh, but that they've created privacy coins so that the, the because Bitcoin is so vulnerable to be manipulated and uh, and and regulated and and charged for and and you look at the way the mainstream has glommed onto Bitcoin as well like it became as soon as the mainstream's into it then I start to go like and I have it so I'm not I'm not even you know hypocritically saying that oh you shouldn't do this but just just exploring it. And uh, so, you know, that that's that's what I see happening, that there's there's just uh, a lot of regulation coming into it. And it's it, it, and given the popularity, when it gets popular, then, you know, it's in the hands of uh, of the the powers that be that that hold the agenda against us. So I don't know what you have to say along those lines. That's a mischaracterization of it. That's the thing is I can relate to that because I used to think that. And I had an ongoing debate with my brother for 10 years. I bought gold. I bought silver, physical metal that I kept, you know, in my possession. And um, I don't know where to go into that now, but I'll, I'll, the, the point I'm making is I'm not a speculator. I'm not like a buy this now. It's going to go up. Although I do feel like right now is a particularly good time to buy. Never buy it. People don't buy gold and silver to make money. They buy gold and silver to preserve their value. Whenever government started printing extra money, people would run back to gold and silver because that was kind of the, the, the core and essence of what money was valued on. So if the money printing went too high, you would go and buy gold and silver because the inflation would just bring up the value and it would preserve your buying power. The, uh, the thing with Bitcoin is that it doesn't exist on the internet. If you think it's on the internet, then you don't understand it. If you think that the government's controlling it or can control it, you don't understand it. It cannot be controlled by the government. The government can kill you and take your gold and silver. They can take everything you own. But even if they kill you, they still cannot confiscate one dollar of your Bitcoin. Because they don't have a password? (laughs) Right. And because it's it's, it's a digital asset, it has a different way of uh, being secured. Gold had to be in a physical vault, right? Um, there's, there's many, you know, fundamental differences, but I have a Bitcoin wallet that I created offline. I was offline on an offline operating system on a computer that was not connected to the internet. I have a wallet that is offline. So if you think that losing electricity makes a difference, then you don't understand it. It, it, If I can create a wallet that's offline, 
how do you destroy my wallet that's not on the internet but and if you don't have electricity computer. how do you how do you even go offline well so here's the thing the government can definitely take away electricity all of our electricity comes from a central source right and that's really kind of the the discussion we need to have here it's central versus decentral we can have a system with central centralized control which is like our our hydroelectric and and our our banking and government those are central systems and yeah they are very corruptible they could shut off our electricity or we could just have a power outage just because of like a natural disaster so either way if there's a power outage i i could lose temporary access to bitcoin so for that time period i wouldn't be allowed or able to transact now if i had my own electricity like a solar generator or something i would be able to still conduct transactions but with electricity if if we lose our electricity i can't cook food at the restaurant so i can't really feed you hot food at least and then i still can't charge you because all of the payments are going to be done through electricity unless you're giving me cash and we are by and large a cashless society not totally it's just moving in that direction of all of my sales i would say less than 30% are are cash oh that right? much still and, mm. and it depends mm. it's just it's not a it's not a a big percentage and uh, it and it depends on certain businesses right certain things like when i go to pay for parking and like me i i hardly ever pay with cash because it's so much easier with the credit card and then i get a receipt and a transaction record so i i prefer that but the problem isn't that i like electricity and and digital forms of payment the problem is i don't like centralized control that's what i'm you know creating an alternative for so the whole idea behind bitcoin is it's decentralized there is no server that has my information on it there is no server that has my bank account you can't shut off my server you can't shut off you know my bank account they can do that at the bank i can i can literally have my account opened and deactivated but with bitcoin there's nobody in charge of it and the the anonymity that's another huge misconception and there's a lot of other cryptos that are in the world and they're all copycats essentially and there's there's different platforms now ethereum and cardano and all these other systems the problem with those is they are centralized and they're moving to become more centralized so i know right now people are trying to figure out a way to to go back to being decentralized and still have an efficient platform but that's the struggle with bitcoin it's the only crypto that's a store of value everything else is a technology or a copycat so in the same way with money i can have a gold standard and we could say yeah let's have a uh, an economy that's backed by gold and you could say well wait a second why would we use gold when copper is cheaper and easier and then i might go you're right why don't we base it on sand for every grain of sand we'll print a dollar we'll all be millionaires and that's what dogecoin is that's what all these other they call them shitcoins right that's the point of it. it's just garbage it's not based on a sound financial system or principle it's based on hyperinflation from the beginning mm -hmm. let's just make everyone rich and let's just you know scam people out of their money so that's there's a big difference here. don't be confused by everything else if you like if you understand how money works and you understand that money is based on gold and that gold was the the anchor of our financial system and that the 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 world currency you know before the US dollar you know was the british pound because it was based on silver right we've always based our money on these and whenever governments start printing out of control we go back to finding something that's trustworthy in fact when weimar republic 
spun out of control, they started switching to foreign currencies because we could at least trust a foreign currency. When Venezuela had, you know, runaway inflation, what happened? They didn't stop trading. They just prefer U.S. dollars now. And their government forces them to sell in Venezuelan dollars. But if you come to a store with Venezuelan dollars, this, the shelves will be empty if you want to buy stuff, right? Because they have to sell it in Venezuelan dollars. But the point is that nobody wants to sell you anything for a piece of paper that's going down by the minute. So they'll say, okay, well, if you really want a jug of milk, I know someone who has one. It's going to be U.S. dollars, though. How many U.S. dollars do you have? And eventually, we're going to look at U.S. dollars in the same way. Right. The same way right now, if someone comes to you and says, hey, can I buy your house in pesos? You're going to say, I don't know. No. What am I going to do with a bunch of pesos? You don't even care what the amount of pesos is. You just don't want them. And eventually you're going to say no to Canadian dollars. Canadian dollars are going to be flopping too fast. So then you're going to want to switch to U.S. dollars because it'll be more trustworthy. And then you're going to eventually figure out one day that, wait a second, we can actually buy a house in Bitcoin and the money will go up in value over time, deflationary as opposed to inflationary, there's less of it compared to the amount of stuff. So at the end of the day, we're going to want to find stability. So I bought that, gold and way, silver. Yeah, if I could ask just a quick question, is that by the way on the assumption that all of the Bitcoin gets purchased over time so that there's no such thing as deflation? Because right now you have like, you know, ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. I had literally had to stop looking because I was just hard on the nervous system. And, uh, you know, so it's extremely volatile, but is that just because not all of the, the Bitcoin have been mined yet? No, the problem is right now. Um, and then there's another question about you have to look at you have to look at. Yeah, I want to answer that one. You have to look at yeah. the macro world uh, for that. Uh, so I, I want to finish the, the previous uh, sentiment. So the idea is that I believe we were going to go back to a gold standard eventually. And that's why I bought gold and silver right now. For every ounce of gold that exists in the world, there's 100 ounces on the market. And that's the biggest problem with gold yep. is that when, when people don't take custody of their gold, the market becomes easy to manipulate. When people put their gold in a bank and then they never went back and took it because they kept trading these pieces of paper that they would get, the, the credit slips, they would use those to buy and sell. And nobody ever went to check if there was actually gold in the bank to back up the, the slip. The custody with gold is the biggest problem and that's why it gets manipulated. And the very fact that there's a hundred people who have a claim to an ounce of gold online for every ounce of gold in the world, that's a big problem. And mm -hmm. that means that I can have one ounce of gold and I can take a hundred customers, sell them that same ounce of gold with a contract. That's why the price of gold doesn't change as much as it should. And that's why it hasn't been moving up with the amount of inflation that's been happening. Gold should be, 10 times what it's at right now, if it was moving up as a, a hedge against inflation. So I thought we would go back to a gold standard one day, which is the logical approach because that's what happens every time a, a dollar gets out of control. So in the end, your buying power would go up as inflation eroded everybody else's value. Well, I realize now that we'll never go back to a gold standard because I will never trust another country for the rest of my life because I don't have to anymore. If I don't have to trust China to manage a gold standard or the European Union or some other group to, to, to come back with a new world reserve that's based on something fundamental, I'll, I won't. And that's the point of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is, the, is a new banking system and it's the first time in 5,000 plus years the entire world 
can be participating in a gold-backed type of financial system and we never have to trust the government to do it and manage it for the rest of our lives. That's the point. There's no government, there's no company, there's no servers. It's completely whatever the market will bear and you can't manipulate it anymore by just creating extra contracts. The way they devalued gold, they can't do that to Bitcoin because there's no cost or any effort to taking custody of your Bitcoin. And after all the scams where people lost their money because they gave it to somebody else's control, people are very wise to that now. In fact, of all the Bitcoin available in the world, only 15% is available on the markets because most people, 85%, have taken custody of it and are taking it off the market. And that's why you're seeing these prices right now where they're, they're being pushed higher and higher to new records because the, the global supply of Bitcoin has never been this low for as long. Mm. So this is what they call a short squeeze. Mm. And that's why there's predictions right now it's going to continue to go up because I wouldn't sell Bitcoin. If I, I would never sell my, my, my stockpile of Bitcoin right now for any amount of money. If it goes up to $100 million, I, I might sell a, a percentage of a Bitcoin to buy stuff, but I would never get rid of my Bitcoin because it's, to me, the true value. Now, the question here is Bitcoin versus privacy. If I offered you a gold standard and somebody else offered you a copper standard or a lumber standard or anything else, because you can make money based on whatever you want. If somebody offered you a different standard, why would you participate in it? Why would you want anything but the gold standard? Having money that everyone can just create isn't a, a selling feature. That's actually a, a problem. So with all the privacy coins, you can have 100% anonymity with Bitcoin. So why would you want to buy another privacy coin that's not based on Bitcoin? If we have a digital form of gold, why would we want to now base our value or store value with, with Ethereum or, or Monero or anything else? All of the other technologies in the world, all of the crypto technologies across the board can all be based on Bitcoin. So why would we want to go and dilute it with something else? So if you want something that's, and, th and that's funny because a lot of people go, well, where am I going to go and buy something with Bitcoin? Well, where am I going to go and buy anything with a, a, a gold coin? I can't buy an apple at the grocery store with a gold coin. It doesn't mean it doesn't have value. That's yeah, not the purpose of gold. Yeah, currently it's all its conversion value, right? That, that uh, my my app that tells me about about my cryptocurrency converts it into U.S. dollars, and that's how I measure the value, right? So that's that's where we're at. The dollar is still the standard, and uh, we're headed for hyperinflation, where that thing is going to be. I mean, we're not even headed for it. We're we're uh, probably right in it. We just haven't seen the fifty dollar loaf of bread yet, but. Uh, it's probably not far off. Um, <laughs> $50 loaf of bread will be cheap at one point. It might but be. Yeah. You were asking also about the, um, yeah. And so just, to, uh, so right now there's a, a, a platform called lightning, which is based on Bitcoin for every dollar in lightning, you have to have a dollar in Bitcoin. So if, if, if we had a proper gold standard before where we had uh, an ounce of gold and 32 us dollars as a one, as a, a, a direct ratio of exchange, Lightning would be the same thing where you have a dollar in Bitcoin, you have a dollar in Lightning. The only difference is that Bitcoin is designed for trust. It's not designed for, for making quick currency purchases and, and transactions. Bitcoin is designed to be digital gold. People don't buy things with gold. They buy things with the slips that represent the gold, and that's what Lightning is. You can have Lightning now. You can make a transaction. It's based on Bitcoin, so you can't just create more Lightning 
from thin air. It's, it's based on sound financial principles and the transactions are instantaneous and anonymous. It doesn't, it doesn't have the same type of paper trail as gold. The reason why you have the paper trail for gold and less anonymity, although they could even build it in so it is completely anonymous, the, the reason for it being more transparent is because it's more trustworthy. The more trust, the more transparent it is, the more you know that nobody's monkeying around behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So every dollar in Bitcoin can be traced all the way back to its origin when the first coin was was issued. So the the issuance of coins is based on a mathematical calculation, and every single dollar in the system can be accounted for. Just like at a bank, except this is transparent and it's not controlled by the bank, so they can't just change your balance up and down whenever they feel like it. This is a decentralized general, you know, record keeping system that we can all agree on without having to trust any individual, you know, character. Your your question before that about the fluctuation. When you can go to any investment, you know, stock company or a storage house or bank, and you can take a hundred dollars and then they give you a thousand dollars worth of purchasing, right? This is a typical leveraging at, at any bank. You can go and buy 10 times the amount of stock or, or equity or whatever you're purchasing. So if I have a hundred dollars and I have a thousand dollars in buying power, what happens to the stocks? right? Especially when this is widespread. Well, stocks now can go up 10 times faster because of credit. (laughs) So volatility comes from credit. And if my credit makes stocks go up in value, and then my stocks go up in value so I can borrow against the leverage of the increase, and now I can buy more of the stock that's going up, and then other people see it going up and they start buying it, then I can buy more because it went up, right? We can see this parabolic rise of stocks. But then the problem is that as soon as the stock goes down a fraction, I have to sell up my position. And then you see stocks that go up parabolically and then they crash vertically. That's because as soon as it reaches my target and it falls below a, a ratio, well, I have to liquidate my position. And when I liquidate, I'm not liquidating now the $100 I had, I'm liquidating $1,000. So then the, the crash is 10 times more pronounced Mm. and then my liquidation causes other triggers to be met and other people have to liquidate so there's a saying that the bull goes up the stairs and the bear goes out the window (laughs) so when you look at that that's the way the markets go up and go up and up and then every so often they have a massive crash and Mm -hmm. that's just the cycle but that's not because of the market that's not because of teslas and apples and all these other things that's because of credit being issued by banks Mm -hmm. because i'm Mm -hmm. I'm getting now to invest money that didn't exist before I was issued this credit. Mm-hmm. So it's all fake money. And that's the problem with the society. Mm-hmm. So the price of Bitcoin and the price of gold will, will always level off in time. And that's why the value of gold for 5,000 years has remained roughly the same. Mm-hmm. The, what's your, can I ask a quick question? Uh, what's your source for, for information? Oh Who do you like to uh, spend time with in the, in the world? Uh, I, I, I have, I've followed Jeff Berwick. I've, um, presented at his conference in Arcapulco a couple of times and uh you know just based on watching him literally not having the will to uh to learn as you obviously have but but just thinking you know at, at this stage of the game it's good to have a few different options not just the same thing and um, banking on one on one process so who are, who who do you like to follow in the the crypto world I don't I don't follow 
it sounds weird because you're going to say like, well, I follow this person or that person. I don't. I, I These are all my own ideas and thoughts. In fact, I've never heard anyone explain Bitcoin correctly because even my brother, <laughs> a, a, a longtime advocate and, and investor in Bitcoin, uh, you know, one of the most successful people I know, he never described it properly. And I, I had a, I had it out with him the other day in a joke. I just said, you know, it's all your fault that I waited so long because he described it as a mania. One time he talked about Bitcoin. He said it was a mania. And I was like, why would I want to be involved in a mania? Like, that's just another pump and dump. It's like another tulip, you know, frenzy where I'm going to try to just get in early so I can sell later. And then I'll have some money because of all the other stupid people. And then maybe I am one of the stupid people and I lose everything. Right. I didn't want to be involved in the mania. That's why when I bought gold and silver, I bought physical and I held on to it for a decade. The only problem is, is that when I sold my gold and silver, I got a 10% lift <laughs> in, sp in spite of all of the insane amount of like money and bailouts and everything else that's happened. It didn't really go anywhere. Meanwhile, if you bought the equivalent amount of Bitcoin at the same time that I was buying the gold and silver, you'd have several millions. And that was my one of my eye-opening experiences where I looked back and thought, this is crazy. Gold isn't doing what it should. Even real estate, I'm a real estate investor. Real estate isn't keeping up with inflation. I'm making really good money off of real estate, but it's nowhere near what, what, what's happening with inflation. And then on top of it, I have to pay Canadian taxes. And then I have to deal with Canadian laws. So the difference here, and there was a question earlier about the Federal Reserve or whatever. I'm, I'm teaching classes. If anyone's interested, I was on the shadow show and I, I offered this to people. Then I'm, I'll make the same offer to you. Get your friends and family together, come down. We'll literally hang out in this room. We have a, a, a beautiful couch lounge. We'll, mm. we'll, we'll sit together and we'll talk. I'll go through all of your questions. I've, like I said, I've been having an ongoing debate for years. I bought gold, I bought real estate, I bought all the things that I thought would be long-term hedges of value, and I didn't anticipate that I would ever want to leave. And now I'm realizing, okay, well, if you don't want to be in Canada, how do you take your gold with you? You cross a border, you just hope that they let you take your gold with you? Like that, that doesn't seem like a great idea. Uh, for this uh, question here specifically, didn't the Federal Reserve get a piece of Bitcoin? Yeah, if they bought it, they can... If, if they were smart, they would buy it too, because Bitcoin, in my opinion, will be the world reserve of the future. So the same way that the world uses American dollars right now, eventually the world will use Bitcoin as the reserve because it is a universal store of value that everybody in the world can participate in. And the value of Bitcoin will eventually go up to that it'll stabilize at some point. It's not gonna be volatile as much as now because there's so much speculation. And right now we're literally in a big, big bubble. Like when when you hear someone making a billion dollars off of Shiba Inu, which is a joke coin based of another joke coin, that is like pure bubble territory. That's when the markets are literally about to implode anytime now. Cause that's when that's money is chasing anything and everything. And this is right like straight out of Weimar Republic. So that's cool. Yeah, don't mm -hmm. get involved in that stuff. Don't don't take the scams, but buy fundamentals. This is based on a very sound financial uh, fundamental principle uh, that supports freedom and autonomy and sovereign, uh, you know, capabilities.
Okay, fantastic. That's really good. So uh, you're having a class. Feel free to send me the details to beth at bethmartins.com or you could drop them in the private chat right now and I could share them that way. Uh, for those in the Winnipeg area, if it's limited to to Winnipeg, then then um, you can follow up with Shay to talk more about Bitcoin. I didn't know that we we're going to talk mostly about Bitcoin today, but uh, definitely want people to support your your restaurant and uh, just you know honor the risk that you've made in the community on behalf of those that are uh, not just going to give into tyrannical measures and uh, appreciate so much. Is there any advice that you would give to others in the community? Um, other, obviously, Bitcoin will be on that list, but just anything else in terms of the, um, you know, how to move forward, how to how to maintain leadership, how to to stick your neck out and not not uh, have the fact that your head's going to be cut off be the most important thing to you because that's where we're at in, in Canada. You said it earlier with our populations are just there were we've been in the comfort zone for a long time. Almost nobody's on their hero's journey willing to really go and uh, abandon their ordinary life for their calling, what with their sacred calling, what God is telling them to do in this world. And I'm curious what uh, what your advice would be to to get on there, say other other than the practical application of uh, of Bitcoin. Well, that was a loaded question. Um, no pressure. At, at the fundamental heart of it, you have to always follow your intuition. Don't ever violate your intuition. And if you can't hear your intuition, it's like a radio station. You have to start trying. And the more you tune in, the more you can finally tune into the details and get very clear information. Um, your, your intuition is your body. It's your feelings. When you're, when you're hungry, when you have to go to the bathroom, like no one needs to really explain that to you. But some people literally need to read books on what to eat because we've just become so uh, numb to the, the, the communication of our bodies, right? Because your body tells you what it wants. Your body tells you what's good for it. And if you eat stuff that's bad, it'll tell you it's bad. It'll say, this isn't what we want. And remember, I don't believe in a universal good or bad like that. If, if I eat something and it makes me feel bad, it doesn't mean it's bad for you. So everyone has to tune into their own intuition and you need to follow that. That's the, the most important fundamental for being happy in life. But right now, the, the thing that I'm looking at is it's important to get to a point that you have nothing to lose and you don't really have, have leverage against you. And for me, the, my intuition was screaming, get out. This isn't, you know, going to make you feel happy, you know, in the long term. this isn't, where you're going to feel, you know, find your fulfillment. And that is what actually led me to the, the whole concept of, of Bitcoin for the idea that you can now take all of your money out of the system, you can put it into a digital asset, and then you can recreate your, your value anywhere else in the world, even if you stay. And that's my point is if your plan is to stay and fight, well, you're not going to be useful if you're begging for handouts and everyone has to support you. So if you want to stay and fight and you want to, you know, make changes and, and be a positive influence for, for, for the good of society here. I support that 100%. But I think that if you're going to do it, you should do it in a way that you're not going to be giving in later because you just didn't plan ahead and you have, the, you know, this easy leverage against you. So, you know, you should so have what, nothing to fear. 
Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of intuition and following your, uh, your gut and not your fears. That's the only problem with, with that, that people don't know the difference between their fear and, and uh, knowledge that's really truly being heard from the inside. Now, I can't find your address on your website for some reason. Uh, and if you, if you share it with me, I'll put it up as a, as a banner so that people know where to find. This is, uh, this is the website, Shays Cafe. And, it should uh, be at the bottom, but I, yeah, I apologize <laughs> if it's not there. 271 no, Provencher Boulevard. Yeah, 271 Provencher Boulevard. Yeah, and I don't have set classes. If anyone wants to, to ask any questions, uh, you can reach out to me. I can give you my email address. Uh, it's shayritchie at gmail.com. Um, yeah, like I, this is just meant for like helping people to understand. Like that's the point is every time I had an objection or anyone else has had an objection to to the idea of Bitcoin or these things, it's usually based on misconception. And when okay, you understand well, what yeah. it is, it's no, like, super, you, you, yeah. you, it'll super, resonate because it's super based happy on to support freedom. you. Yeah. Super happy to support you. And, and uh, this is where people can reach you, um, can reach you Shay Richie at gmail.com if they want to go deeper into that. And uh, thank you so much for joining me for the interview today. It was really a pleasure to speak with you again. Once I, uh, once again, I want to let people know to, to go down and support this restaurant, not just because it's uh, the right thing to do in, in this community and in this, in this uh, economy that we're in, but, but because it's really good food. <laughs> thank you so so, <laughs> no, I yeah, really appreciate good. the support. Yeah, and if you can uh, make a reservation for me tonight, I don't know if you, if you have the ability to do that. I think I'm going to bring yeah, my son for, sure. for uh, a late a birthday celebration. So okay. I uh, thank you so much. And once again, everybody for coming out, Shannon, Joy, Pirate Pete, uh, Evan, uh, Cheryl Williams, Komen, Benjamin Coslin was here. Uh, lots of other people. My apologies if I don't end up Johnny Cool and Pirate Pete. Did I say that already? So uh, Darren Carlson was here. That's awesome. Really great to have your support for this as well. Feel free to share it out if you found it valuable. And uh, I'll look forward to seeing you guys really soon. I don't know exactly what's coming up next. There's a few things. Uh, Laura Hamilton out of, she's in the East, uh, creating a lawful uh, processes and uh, teaching it in a very clear way these days. It's actually sometimes easier to learn from a beginner than it is somebody that's really, you know, for a long time steeped in a subject. And that's where I feel uh, that she is at. She's had to fight things head on, in the, especially with regard to mental health. That's something that I haven't covered yet in the law field where when uh, when somebody is literally taking your right to, um, to control your own body and uh, be free in the world to a new level. So she's an expert in that arena and I'll be having her on soon. I'll be speaking with her probably in a few minutes. And uh, so Shay, I uh, totally appreciate you and uh, we shall see you later if you're going to be at your restaurant, getting lots Thanks of so much. Uh, lots of appreciation here. Everyone, thank you and have a beautiful rest of your day. Awesome. Okay. Thanks everyone. Have okay. Thanks. Okay. See bye for now. Bye-bye. And Evan, thank you so much for subscribing to my son. <laughs> Bye, you guys.